1: This is New York Game Day, presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's low prices, zero sacrifices. For 100 years, Slomans has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and... Nissan.com today.
0: Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 FM New York. I'm Amani Toomer joined by Mike Tannenbaum. And Mike, uh, big week here for the Giants. Uh, I always say it takes about four weeks for you to get to really understand if you have a quarterback or not. Now we're getting into that area where people can really dig into Tommy Cutlets and see what he's really about uh what do you think about tommy as a as a general put your general managers at what are you thinking about tommy cutlets you
2: know if we were running the giants or any team for that matter amani we'd say like look we got 90 players in the offseason we got a lot of different boxes to check and maybe he could be a real viable number two you know the way we talked earlier about you know gardner minchin for example so um he should be on the team next year um I think that's sort of like the baseline of where I'm at. How about yourself? I'm thinking. I'm thinking he could be. I think
0: he should be the number two. But you know, as of right now, who? What's going to be four weeks from now? You just never know. But you know who we got here? We we got the Jordan Renan report here, brought to you by Sanson Auto Mall. Ten top brands, over two thousand vehicles in one place. Sanson Auto Mall in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Um, Jordan. What say you about the, the talk of the town, the talk of the NFL, really, the talk of the NFC, the NFC player of the week, yeah, in Tommy DeVito? Uh, what are you? What are they? What are they, What's the scuttlebutt going on about how impressive? Three a hundred passer rating for three straight weeks, no interceptions. How, how does this story end? Like what are, what are people saying about Tommy in the building?
3: Yeah, well, I think what we've seen is that they have confidence in him, right? They talk about his swag. They talk about a guy that they trust and they believe in, and you could see that, right? I mean, the results are what it is on the field. Uh, now, there's a long way to go, and I agree with Mike. I think right now where we stand is he's earned enough. Okay, you could at least be in the conversation or you know to be the backup next year, right? I mean, it's, it, you still have to bring in another guy. You can't can't just go in with. Uh, Daniel Jones with two neck injuries and uh, you know coming off an ACL tear, and at the same time, um, stop right here please. Sorry. Thanks. Sorry, I'm getting out of over, guys. uh guys. Uh, you can't go into the season with Daniel Jones and then Tommy DeVito if you still have questions about him, right? That is just a risky proposition. You're going to need to bring in somebody else and do something else at that position. But these next four weeks. I mean, there's just opportunity for him to, you know, take it to the next level. Let's see what happens, right? Next, First of all, if the Giants win today, think about what the hype is going to be like next week when the New York Giants play a standalone game on Christmas against the Philadelphia Eagles. That would be, if they win today, that would be an opportunity for Tommy DeVito, right? If you could finally get over the hump, beat the big, bad Eagles, poop, demolished the Giants in the playoffs last year by, like, what, 300? Mm-hmm. And he could slay that Giant, and then you're sitting there, and you're at that point, you're in the middle of the <laughs> playoff hunt. We're going to talk about next-level Tommy DeVito hype.
2: So two questions, Jordan. Number one, do you get dropped off at the Superdome or Cafe Du
3: Uh, No, I I went from the Cafe DuMont to the Superdome. Come on, that's an amateur hour question right there.
2: (laughs) You're talking to a New Orleans guy here. lived there for four years, so be careful. Um, You've covered this team for for a while. Objectively, have you ever seen Daniel Jones have a three-week stretch and play as good as the way Tommy DeVito has?
3: (sighs) It's a fair question. Uh... You know, he's had, he had some good stretches last year that are probably comparable. You know, I think the Daniel Jones tug, I think, has gotten a little unfair. Like, you know, you're comparing Tommy DeVito this year to uh, Daniel Jones. The offensive line that Tommy DeVito is playing behind right now, four of the five guys essentially were not playing with Daniel jo- like, you know, for Daniel Jones this year, right? Two of them weren't even on the team with Justin Pugh and Tyree Phillips. They legitimately were not on the Giants roster. Uh, Andrew Thomas was injured, which, of course, is the most important one of all. So, you know, it, I, I do think that, that when people start comparing apples to apples, especially this year, it's not really fair to uh, to Daniel Jones. Uh, and at the, and all at the same time, Daniel Jones, let's be honest, he's done a good job of beating up on the bad teams, which they did last year. That's kind of what Tommy DeVito's done here. Let's see what happens now as we move forward. You know, like when the, the Eagles are coming in next week, right? Uh, they have the, Eagles two of the last two of the last three games. That's the ultimate test. of, okay. How how high yeah. can the bar really go here?
2: Yeah, Jordan. J- my question was different, though. My question was over the course of his career, a no, Giant. Yeah, yeah, not 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 this year. I'm just saying. Like, no. I don't recall.
3: No, I I know. I get it. I, I just I couldn't think of it. But uh, Daniel Jones had some good. He obviously played really well last year. He uh, earned him 160 million dollars. I think there's probably a three game stretch there that he had that he did play, you know, somewhere in the same range. But the fact that we're talking about the same range is that 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 to me is the, is the problem. There is like okay, they're in the same range. It's not like you can definitively say, oh, Daniel Jones was better in this, you know, six game stretch or this two season stretch. He, he doesn't have that. that, that that's reality. So I, I I totally get your point there.
0: Yeah, Jordan, and one thing I want to say is, like, when, when did this become fair? Like, when did everything become equal and fair? This is the media. This is, you know, perception and feeling, and, and it reality doesn't really play much involved in this. The fact of the matter is that Tommy DeVito, nobody cares about the offensive line. I mean, nobody even knows the fact that what you just said. But um, uh, and, and it's not fair. Of well, course when you're, it's not when
3: the giants are When the Giants are taking into consideration – what they want to do for next year in the future, you have to put that yeah. into consideration. You can't, you can't just ignore all the context to to everything around it. Like, you know, he, the first three those those three wins are against te- are against losing teams. We have to be real about that, which they should have been real about that last year, is mm-hmm. that they were beating up on bad teams too, and they made that mistake. But,
2: but Jordan, that's where I would push back what you just said a couple of minutes ago. He didn't necessarily earn a hundred sixty million dollar contract. The Giants paid him that, but whether or not he's earned it. That's something, whether or not the market would have bore that out, we'll obviously never know. But, you know, given his injury history, inconsistent play, whether or not he should have been paid $160 million isn't based on how he played. It's what the value of the Giants put on him. So it's actually a different analysis.
3: True. But we, we can't, you know, we can't change history and pretend like he didn't play well last year. He did play well last no, no. year. No, no. Yeah,
2: you know. yeah, but, 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 yeah, But I'm just saying, when you look at the options and when you're building a team in the salary cap era, you have to contextually make value decisions based on a player's ability, durability, and value in terms of how much he's going to cost against your cap. When you put all those factors in, look at their alternatives and the cost of those alternatives, that's how you evaluate decisions. My point is, from just a pure playing standpoint, I don't recall over the last several years, Daniel Jones ever playing as well as what Tommy DeVito's done. And then when you factor in $40 million a year, That analysis gets really easy from my point of view.
3: I mean, if you want to go look at the end of this year, we we don't want to make this a whole argument. Go look how he played against Indy when they clinched the playoff spot. Obviously, he sat out week 18. Look at the way he played in the first playoff game. I think that's being a little unfair to Daniel Jones. He, He played some really good games last year.
2: So would you rather have Daniel Jones or Gardner Minshew in $35 million? I mean, we can have this conversation all day trust me you don't you're, want to go there you're
3: saying that daniel jones didn't play three games as good as tommy devito in the playoffs he played a, still a thousand times better than tommy devito i and i love the tommy devito story you're making me defend against it he played probably better than you you would ever get in tommy devito in that spot come on yeah of course no, I'm, I'm I mean, a go, go look at the minnesota but, game go look at go but, look at the, in, the Indy game where they right, clinched the playoffs but when I mean, you pick a he guy he could do Jordan, things that Tommy DeVito can't do Right. But but Jordan, that's not you, my point. But you said yeah, but you said uh-huh. he had t- that Daniel Jones never played at that level. That that, it, that was the comment you made. That was so that's yeah, what I'm that's what i gonna
2: say. Yeah, my point is this. Over a three game stretch, I don't recall Daniel Jones playing as good as Tom DeVito. But my more fundamental point, Jordan, when you're building a team in a salary cap era, every single dollar counts, every draft choice counts. And when you look at Daniel Jones and you look at how he's played and how durable he's been and he costs $40 million a year and you look at the alternatives of what they could have had and what it would have cost them, I think how it's played out, the, the answer is pretty self-evident. And just for the record, I'm not second-guessing here. I was first-guessing when you have an injury-prone quarterback and you pay him at or above market level, this is what happens to your team.
3: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there, there's a lot of what you said there. I believe that is true. And, and like, look, that's the problem with the Giants quarterback situation right now. Yeah. That they're paying a lot of money for a guy that uh, I think most of us would agree probably isn't worth that money, and it's not good value for the team moving forward, and it has them in a tough spot.
0: Well, all right. Thanks for that. That was a heated debate. I love it when we get general managers <laughs> versus media people. Man, this is – this is this is radio Jussel gold Cash. right here. I love that the thought process that's what they, is totally that's what different. They
3: call my, that's, they call that my job. you know that right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it no but it 's great Reed, though i, I mean DJ's i, I really I felt
0: like i got after the, after listening to you guys both go back and forth, I feel like i 've learned a little bit about both sides i 've learned about how uh, the media people look at stuff, and I learned out how uh general managers make decisions, and that 's one of the things that everybody wants to think that. You know, they're, because they're good at fantasy, they could be a general manager. No, no, there's a lot more that goes involved in it. And I just love getting every week in and week out, getting the insight from both Jordan Renan and getting uh, insight from uh, somebody who's put their livelihood on the line and Mike Tannenbaum and making these decisions, these tough decisions that sometimes aren't popular, but still uh, need to be made and this is the dichotomy that I love to listen to. Yeah. Thanks a lot Meanwhile, for that, Jordan. I'm
3: lost here in New, or- I'm lost here in new Orleans. you got to walk through the parking garage to get be to the area. I don't know where the heck I am. I have yeah. no idea where I'm at. you got to be careful. I enjoy the game, fellas.
0: Thanks, you. That was, the Jordan, uh, that was the Jordan Renan Report uh, brought to you by Sanson Auto Mall. Uh, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, call Sanson Auto Mall at 1-800-SANSON. Mention Bart Scott. And uh, benefit from an exclusive employee pricing. You pay what they pay. Right now, we're going to play a portion of Anita's interview with Tommy DeVito's agent, Sean, not Stiletto, stilato.
4: Like, I I feel like he makes an appearance, more fans come out to see him than, let's say, they would say Quan Barkley or Daniel. Or Darren Waller, right? And 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 there's so much into that. But look at what they well, look at what he's done, right? The Giants now their last three games, three and zero. This is like a made for TV movie in, in regard to what's happened here, Sean.
5: Yeah, I mean we're in talks with some some Hollywood folks, uh, you know. And I think you hit the, the, the nose on the head what you're saying. Um, and look at those three names you mentioned on the Giants are unbelievable football players. Um, I think Tommy, what's unique, he's very relatable as an underdog. So I think more people can gravitate towards that because it's, he's kind of was at their level and he has escalated and he's, you know, walking in humility, not forgetting his roots because as, as Italian Americans, that's something we take pride in is where we came from. Um, and it's, look, it's great for the league. It's great for the, uh, the organization. And I, it's a testament to, to Coach Gable and, and Joe Sheen who did a remarkable job of, of really having a humanized conversation following the draft as we were trying to make a life-changing decision in minutes. And, um, you know, I'm his confidant. You know, he's the superior, and I think he's got a great supporting cast. And uh, we weighed out all the pros and cons. And, um, you know, obviously, look at Boyhood team, playing for uh, a lot of stars have started to align, but he's focused on New Orleans uh, we all know it's an opinion-based business. You are judge weekly, uh, but he is working hard and studying, schemes, staying in the playbook. And you know we're obviously battling, you know, off the field too to, to uh, work with brands that kind of define what his mission is um, as a brand. So it's just it's exciting times, but uh, still a lot more mountain to climb. I mean, he has even tapped what he will become. Uh, I'm excited for the young man, and uh, hopefully they can continue to stack wins and. And make a run for a playoff spot.
4: Agent Sean Stellato joining us here. Uh, he is Tommy DeVito's agent on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Uh, you know, curious to get your thoughts on this, right? Because uh, we're we're seeing Tommy have a, a lot of success here now. Giants fans are like, oh, you know, is he better than Daniel Jones? Uh, should we keep him over Tyrod Taylor next year? But then we're seeing what's going on in 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 San Francisco, where Mister Irrelevant right? Like I I know Tommy was an undrafted free agent, but now you got even Mr. Irrelevant who Brock Purdy could have been an undrafted free agent come in and have the success. And now he's favored to win the MVP this season. Give me a percentage of guys that you think in the NFL that you feel are better than where they were drafted, but just were not blessed with an opportunity like this for Tommy and for Brock Purdy to shine in the NFL, because again, you're an agent. A lot of times, uh, it needs to be the perfect storm.
5: Yeah, and it's hard to gauge an exact percentage. What I would tell you this is the the biggest part of in my job is you know as an agent is to project value. Um, look at the traits. Uh, what's the upside? I mean, Tommy has won big, and he. this is not new to me. Like, if he didn't hit speed bumps along the way, we're not going to point fingers at, at Syracuse on coaches or schemes or injuries. Um, the fact of the matter is a lot goes into guys that play at Power 5 schools. Maybe they tap out a little soon. But then again, look at just in, – in, you see kids in their adolescence, how they really develop and evolve and come out of – Nowhere, and I'm not saying Tommy's coming out of nowhere. Tommy's been the same guy. It's just he's given the opportunity, he's driven, he's got a boulder of cutlets on his shoulder, and he's ready for anything that comes his way because he's been groomed that way, playing in, his, you know, even high school with Don Bosco and going where he went to college, and his ability to comprehend playbooks, his ability to process all of the great traits you need as a quarterback. But then again, you've got to have that confidence and you got to be able to take over a huddle. And they got to be able to drink that Kool-Aid and say, hey, this is our guy. We're going to ride or die with him. We believe in him. And, and then you got to fan base the same thing. So Brock has done a remarkable job. I mean, I obviously was at my, my client, E.J. Perry, quarterback, was the MVP of the East West Shrine game who went against Brock. And, um, I, you know, Brock, it, it doesn't surprise me. He's a Christian got high values. You know, Tommy, them two are very similar in my eyes. Um, you know, obviously, look at two when you have rosters in uh, weapons maybe that uh, might be performing a little bit better. I mean, obviously, I don't have to tell you about McCaffrey and Kittles. I mean, they've got some balls on that team and a great organization. Uh, but I think Tommy, you know, he's getting the best out of his teammates and he's getting the opportunity and he's, he's making the most out of it. And that's all you can do as a player in this league. You can't control a lot of the other politics or playtime. When you get your shot, you know Eminem says it best: "You got to seize the moment."
4: Well, uh, Sean, we we so appreciate your time. Thank you for spending it with us, and and again, congratulations on your induction.
5: Thank you so much, guys. All the best.
4: You got it, Tommy. Tommy DeVito's agent joining us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. A little look behind the curtain of Tommy Cutlet, right here on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
1: Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Tumor, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks.
4: It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN, Around the League, brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. And to bring you up to speed, some news and notes, CJ Stroud out because of a concussion. The Texans, they're going to roll with Case Keenum over Davis Mills. Case Keenum expected to get the start today for the Texans. Nico Collins is out, as well as Tink Dell. He's been out for a few weeks. Uh, Big day in store, I think, for Noah Brown as well as Dalton Schultz, uh, who is back in action at tight end for the Texans. Geno Smith, Monday night football against the Eagles, dealing with a groin issue. Big question mark there. Keep that in mind. Um, Also, uh, Chris Watson expected out for the Green Bay Packers. Guys, reports right now. Chris Olave, prior to today, game time decision. Reports are he is not, I report, not going to play against the Giants. As for Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins have said they're going to allow him to make a decision whether or not he's going to play. Uh, Interesting. Uh, If it was up to his wife, he absolutely would play. Uh, She's not having any of that nonsense. Uh, But we'll see what happens with Tyreek Hill. Again, as we know, Darren Waller and Taysom Hill back in action for both the Giants and the Saints. Pacheco out for Kansas City uh Stevenson out for the Patriots and AJ Dillon is out for the Green Bay Packers so we should get a heavy dose of Aaron Jones today for the Green Bay Packers again around the league brought to you by Tullamore du Irish Whiskey the original triple blended triple distilled triple cast matured Irish whiskey make sure to grab a Tullamore du during today's action and remember when it's game time it is Tully time uh, gentlemen uh two excellent games on the slate today let's start first and foremost with the cowboys uh in buffalo going up against the buffalo bills uh mike let's start with you this cowboys team not the same on the road as they are at home the bills are favored by two i I like the bills here what say you
2: um if it doesn't rain which i think it's going to I said the other day that the Dallas Cowboys won't punt. So the Buffalo Bills, when they don't pressure, allow opponents to complete 76.5% of their passes. And Dak Prescott is going to throw for over 400 yards, 82% completion. And I don't think Dallas will punt at all today. The only – and last week I predicted Buffalo to beat Kansas City. I don't get them all right, but I didn't even think the game would be that close because Kansas City's offensive line is really struggling. Their two tackles, Jamar Taylor and Donovan Smith already have 25 penalties. Dallas has a great offensive line, and I don't think the Bills can hold up on the back end if they can't get home.
4: Amani, the other game, uh, we're looking at the Ravens going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rain is supposed to be away by the time kickoff starts at 8.20 p.m., but winds are supposed to be somewhere gusts up to 30 miles per hour. Uh, the Ravens going up against the Jags. The Ravens favored by three and a half. The over/under here has come down to forty-one and a half. I still like the over here. We've seen the Ravens play in bad weather conditions uh, at uh, at M&T Bank Stadium. They're in Baltimore, and uh, and and they've been dealing with some injuries with their defense. I think the Jags will be able to put up some points against them. Your thoughts on this matchup? Who do you like here?
0: I like the Ravens because they're able to run the football. Um, I think the Jags are, you know we don't know the health of their quarterback um you know you could tell he was a little affected last week in in, in the way he played i just really like the ravens this overall team they you know in the beginning of the year they couldn't hold on to a lead now they're winning games in overtime with a punt return with special teams i just think this team has i think the best is yet to come out of this ravens team and i think the best is yet to come from lamar i think he's a quarterback that is, is growing in this new offense and is starting to show and prove what he can do from the pocket. And man, I think this is the most exciting, intriguing team in the NFL with the upside because uh, nobody knows how great or how well Lamar is going to be able to do um, as he's going, taking on this transformation in style of play. So I'm, I'm really interested to see, the, see what Lamar can do. And I think the Ravens, you know, with, with ATN, great running back. I think he's where it was super underrated, but uh, I just don't feel like they'll be able to get things going against this Ravens defense.
4: Um, Mike, really quick, I, I want to talk about you. You mentioned uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going up against the Patriots in New England. Uh, the Patriots getting eight. The over/under is thirty-seven here. I, I like the Patriots here. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots beat the Kansas City Chiefs today. Am I crazy?
2: Uh, well, for a lot of reasons you are, but none, none, none have to do with this pick. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what's amazing, guys, is like we haven't talked at all about that. The Kansas City Chiefs were supposed to play Bill Belichick and the Patriots on Monday Night Football, and now it's like we're an hour and twenty-six minutes into our show, and we're just first. Met. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, how far they fall. They were flexed. Yeah. Yeah, but Anita, I I, I I like Kansas City to win just because they're desperate, but I think this is gonna be a very low scoring game. And again, Kansas City's tackles have twenty five penalties and they're still a month to go in the season. So to me, New England's gonna play good defense. I just think Kansas City's defense is gonna slow down um <clears throat> New England. You know, I think what we saw was Pittsburgh's defense get exposed yesterday. So I think what Bailey Zappi did was more aberrational than than anything else. So um I like Kansas City in a tight Low-scoring game.
4: Again, week 15 uh, about to kick off in just a few hours, and we're here to cover it all. When we get back, Rich Samini is going to join us. We'll get his update, what's going on with the Jets, as well as what's the latest with Aaron Rodgers. Will he be activated on Wednesday? And we'll also hear from Marcel-Louis Jacques, who covers the Miami Dolphins, an update with all their injuries, uh, which is a plethora of them. That's for sure. Locks of the Week coming the way at 10 a.m. Went 2-1 last week, so we're 24-16 on the season. So we're teetering around 60, almost 61%. All right. Can I go 3-0 and in week mm. four? Thank you, Amani. Can I go 3-0 and in week 15? I certainly hope so. I'll Can have those saw- for you at the top of, at the, top of the hour. What were we going to say, Mike?
2: Can we help you? Can we give you some hints? I, no, she's after like, I give you list. my
4: three locks of the week, I'm, I'm happy to get a pick or two from you. I would love it, and I will play it for sure. Okay, I love boo? The,
2: I love the Jets today. <laughs> I love the Jets.
4: I like the Jets as well. Um, again, we're in, and stay tuned. Our final segment is when we give you our score predictions and all the reasons why. Quick break. We come back. Rich Samini uh, will be joining us next here on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Tumor, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks.
0: Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And right now, we have... The esteemed Rich Samiti, Rich Samini for the Rich Samini Report, brought to you by London Jewelers. Rich, now we've heard a lot of stuff about Aaron Rodgers coming back this week, and about how well he's doing. Is this is this real, or is this just trying to get you know? Is this um, Aaron Rodgers just trying to keep his name relevant in this uh, in this New York City market?
7: Uh, I think it's a real possibility. How about that? Let, let me put it that way. Uh,
2: way to go out on a limb. Yeah, I, mean,
3: <laughs>
7: <Jeez>. <laughs> I know, Tannenbaum uh, from way downtown there. Hey, Mike, how you
1: doing? Good morning.
7: Uh, Good morning. I am, uh, so, he, you know, he's going to be medically cleared by Wednesday, which is uh, the, the day that his 21-day practice window uh, expires. And uh, that doesn't mean they'll add him to the 53-man roster. That doesn't mean he's going to play next week against Washington. It, it just gets, keeps him on the roster because we all know if they don't activate him, then he's on IR for the rest of the year. So this will enable him to, at the very least, practice for the rest of the year with the players. And whether he plays or not, I think some of that could hinge on the outcome of today's game because if the Jets lose, uh, there's a chance they could be mathematically eliminated. A couple other things have to happen. But if they win, it's still a long shot. It's still a playoff long shot, but if they win, I think it'll be at least a discussion with Rodgers and the Jets hierarchy.
2: So Rich, just uh, changing topics here for a second. You know, I think today is truly like when I looked at the matchup this week and in particular, the injuries, I think this is a complete referendum on why you hired Robert Sala, what he purportedly has stood for all gas, no breaks defense. And to me, like, this is a game the Jets should win. This is a really good matchup for them when you think about Connor Williams is out. Robert Hunt is out like this is why you pay Quillion Williams, and you go back last year, Rich, when the Jets played the Dolphins at home, literally the first play of the game, you know uh sauce Garner knocks out Teddy Bridgewater like that was the physicality that right. this team has played with that I just haven't seen this year, and I know the quarterbacks got the headlines, but this defense to me has been. Really disappointing for what they should be, and I, I'm curious to get your thoughts because on paper, I think this is an overwhelming, overwhelmingly favorable matchup for the Jets today in terms of their strengths against their opponent's weakness because of injury, and I don't know. Like, I'm really interested to see how this game plays out.
7: Yeah, you make some good points. You've been down on the Jets defense all year, Mike. So I know we you asked me that last week. They're eighth in yards and fifth in points allowed. So um, you know, they, are they as good as last year on defense? I, I don't think they're quite to that level yet. It's funny, he was talking to DJ Reed the other day. and He goes, I think we have the best defense in the league. Um, when you, he was factoring in about, uh, other teams like San Francisco and Dallas, how they, how much their defense has it easier because they get so much support from the offense. Um, uh, but you're right about the matchup today. I think the Jets defensive line could have a big day. Miami's O-line is, is really beat up, uh, Tyreek Hill. We don't know if he's going to play, but even if he does, you have to think he's going to be somewhat compromised by that ankle injury. Um, and the Jets have played Tua really well. I think, even though they are zero and three against Tua, they uh, you know they have five. He's got five picks in those three games, so they have made some plays against him. So you're right. I think this is a, a pretty good matchup. The key is though, it gets back to the quarterback. You know, can Zach Wilson have two good games in a row? He had in 32 career starts. He has yet to play two really good games in
0: a row. Yeah, well, also, you know, just going back to the defense, um, uh, Raheem Morris, uh, he's, Molster, excuse me, you know, he's averaging 144.5 yards per game, uh, leading, the, leading, the, um, leading the league. How, how, how are the Jets going to stop him with their defense being so porous against the run?
7: Well, I mean, I think that is the point of emphasis this week. Any defensive player you talk to in the locker room, even defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich, the first thing they said about Miami was, we've got to stop their perimeter running game. Uh, this, the speed that they, that they bring is just a tremendous stress on a defense. Uh, do you bring your safety up, you know, to play the run? If you do, then you leave yourself vulnerable over the top with their speedy wide receivers. So it's a cat-and-mouse game. I disagree with your assessment that the run defense has been porous. I know they're ranked pretty low. I think it's 29th in run defense. But I think that's misleading because they've been run on, like in terms of rushing attempts, more than any team in the league. Teams get a lead on the Jets, and they know the Jets aren't going to score a lot, so they basically just milk the clock and run the ball in the second half. If you look at the other rushing defense metrics, they're uh, in the top half of the league in yards per carry and rushing success. So I think that's a better illustration of what they are. But you're right, Amani. I mean it's a it's a huge challenge to face that uh, Miami rushing attack. Well I'm, know, sorry. I- I'm sorry.
0: I'm <clears> sorry. <throat> Raheem Morris didn't he's not the he doesn't average one hundred and forty four point five yards. The Dolphins team averages one hundred and forty four yards. Sorry, I gotta clear that up for my credibility. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Amani, <coughs> my question really is Amani, yeah. yeah. I- my, my question is where was this rich meaning a decade ago, all I know is like we were gonna championship games and he would nitpick little things and now here's a defense (laughs) here's a defense that's 17th in the league in third down conversion (laughs) they have the worst qbr their opponents have the best qbr in the entire nfl and according to you rich they're they're, they're good on defense
7: what i don't think the qbr stat is right um and you're right they should be better on third third down I don't think they're the worst team in Q, QBR on, on defense. I just checked that the other day. I think they're pretty good. But you're right. They've got to be better on third down. This defense is predicated on third down. Robert Salas says it all the time. He's like a broker record. You know, third down is the money down. And you've you got to if you want to be an elite defense, you've got to be in the top five in that category, and they're not. And I, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Uh, but they are taking the ball away a little bit better than they were last year. That's one area they've improved on. And um, you're right. They, they got to be more physical in the front seven and do a better job of shutting down the run. But I think to say that they have this gaping weakness on defense is uh, is wrong.
2: Well, what, what what my point is, and we could debate the QBR because I'm actually looking at it right now. But anyway, what I'm saying is, and I'll be very specific here. I'll give you two plays that illustrate my point. Go back to the Dolphin game in Germany, and Trent McDuffie strips at, strips. Tyreek Hill, it's re- returned for a touchdown, and that changed the game. And you guys both know that there's about a half a dozen plays a game that really changed the tenor of a game. And then the other play, going back to that sauce Gardner when he knocked out Teddy Bridgewater, those are the plays throwing out the stats. If we're all gas, no break, if we're this great defense, anytime, anywhere, we embarrass quarterbacks, we humiliate them. Like, here's an opportunity. Like, you want to do that? Your quarterback, at best, as you said, Rich, is up and down and inconsistent in Zach Wilson. But this is a offensive line that is decimated by injuries. And to me, yeah. like if if you when you hire Robert Sala, what you're saying is, and I've been in the room four times in my career to hire a head coach, mm-hmm. you say to yourself, what is the floor and what is the ceiling? And when you hire Robert Sala, guys, what you're saying when you look to your left and your right is, we're going to have an outstanding championship defense defense. And we're going to develop a quarterback along the way, and hopefully he's going to hire the right guy. And what I'm saying is, if that's if you're making a decision, are, are you going to keep Robert Sala moving forward? Today's game, to me, in my opinion, goes a long way in saying like, has he done what he's purported to? do? Has he come up throughout the stats? Has he has he created a championship, no excuse, productive, consistent, difference making defense? In my opinion, that hasn't been the case so far. Today's a great opportunity.
7: Well, I think the one play from last year's game that you're talking about, uh, the play that really sparked that defense last year was when Quinnen Williams was returning. The, I think he picked up a fumble. That's right. And he yep. stiff-armed uh, Tyree Hill, And I know that energized the entire that, – that was just a symbol of what that defense was all about because he just planted Tyree Hill, and uh, I think – the Jets were applauding that after the game as a huge turning point. And so, but in the game three weeks ago on Black Friday, Brandon Echols has the pick six right before halftime, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is the play that's going to turn it around. And then what happens seconds later, you know, the fail the fail Mary happens. So <laughs> they completely wiped out uh, something good with just a horrendously bad play on offense. And But I agree with you, Mike. I mean, this is a chance to, to make a statement on defense. Miami is number one in points per game in the league. The Jets' uh, offense is 32nd in the league, so you got to rely on your defense. And You're right. I agree. We agree on one thing. I think this is a chance for the Jets' defense to make a statement today.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Yeah, yeah they are going to have to make a statement. And um, uh, Tua Taya, Taya Valanga is one of the, uh, the best passers in the league. Um, the, the pass rush hasn't been uh, is where they wanted to be. They're not where they want on third down what makes today what makes you think today you know even with the injuries on the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins what are they going to do to try and get uh, Tua confused may have him throw in some interceptions how, how are, what are they what are they what's in their plans to try and slow down Tua uh, who's having you know an MVP caliber season
7: well Tua didn't have a great game 3 weeks ago you know they picked they had to pick 6 I think he had another pick so they played okay against Tua. Uh, I think, you know, the Jets have a really good cornerback tandem coming off arguably their best game. You know, uh, Gardner and Reed last week had, I think, five passes defense between them. They're coming off a good game. The secondary is healthy. Uh, linebacking court's healthy. You know, the Jets are healthy on defense. You know, that's one thing they you know they can't use that excuse. You know, like the offense has been crushed by injuries, but the defense has been pretty healthy all year. The second year in a row, and I think Quentin Williams today looks. I think you could see him have a big game with the interior problems on the Miami offensive line, and so um, you know they have a way of just disrupting Tua. You know he likes the short, quick, rhythmic passing game, and the Jets have a way of defending that. And they're going to have to. I mean, McDaniel is great with motion, pre-snap motion. I know that's big, a big emphasis all week for the Jets is just not getting confused by what... Because those guys, will they'll run motion on almost every play. Mm-hmm. And so you have to not fall for the window dressing and read your keys and, and eye discipline is something the players were talking about all week.
2: So, Rich, you, you've been around the team a long time. Um, if you were Joe Douglas or Robert Sala, how would you handle Aaron Rodgers?
7: I would not play him this year. Uh, even if they win today... There, it's the chances of making the playoffs are still going to be like in the single digit percentile so I would not play them um, it the, the risk it far outweighs the reward I I, don't, I wouldn't play them this week against Washington for sure if they win you know if they win today and they win Sunday against Washington you know you got a quick turnaround against Cleveland um, you know maybe at that point if everything breaks right and they have a realistic chance at the playoffs uh, but, Mike, I mean, what would you do? I mean, you, you, I don't know you've I never be, been in this situation because no, we're be, in uncharted territory. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I've been on the record. <laughs> like, this is a no-brainer. There's no chance. I, and I look him in the eye and say, hey, here's what we can do. Let's call up Howard Katz. He's the scheduling czar of, uh, you know, the NFL. And let's beg Howard to have opening day Monday night football at home against Buffalo America loves nothing more than a comeback and let's mm-hmm. put all our efforts and energy into next opening day what you've done is incredible set incredible standard for our organization but as the GM in good conscience there's no way I'm hitting send and making you eligible for this year I am protecting you from yourself and the only way you're going to be eligible is you come over the top of this desk and hit send cuz I'm not doing it <laughs>
7: Yeah I agree with you I agree with you 100% yeah. it's just it just doesn't it just doesn't add up I mean what it just doesn't make sense I mean what if People think, well, what if he ruptures his Achilles again? Well, forget about that. He's not going to be able to escape pressure the way he normally would. What happens if he gets hit in the shoulder and he needs shoulder surgery? I mean, yeah. it's not just the Achilles. It's other injuries. Rich. I've watched him in practice, Mike. He looks tremendous in practice. Like he, The other day, he actually picked off a pass. He was he stepped in for a rep on the scout team defense. He actually made a leaping interception. Players were like, couldn't believe what they saw. But we have not seen him escape pressure from a yeah. pass rusher, which is, uh, I don't know if he can protect himself. Uh, can he go under center? Would he have to play exclusively a uh, shotgun? We don't know these things, and I would just not take this. Could you imagine that something happens and it compromises the first half of the twenty-four season? Yeah, It's, you know, it's crazy Rich, to think of it.
2: Yeah, Rich, you know, we were talking about it earlier on the show, and candidly I'm surprised to disappointed you. You didn't VPN in to listen to it from Miami, but we'll give you that break. <laughs> We we actually talked a lot about that. Like all the great quarterbacks, like they leave the sport not because of their arm, because of their feet. And the difference between like getting rid of the ball and protecting yourself, I completely agree, is like a half a second. And, you know, he has to know deep down whether or not he one of the things about, you know, Aaron's not a big guy, but he has great quick twitch and he, he has short area quickness and he's been able to play at a high level for a long time. And that's the part that I would be really worried about is is he just off just that half a second. And in the NFL, that can be hugely consequential to his health. And I totally agree, Rich. It may not even be for the next half of the season. Uh, but just you don't want him to have another injury at 40 years old. I just I don't see the upside yeah. in having him play.
7: And we Absolutely. didn't even mention yeah. the Jets' offensive line and, and you know how, how inconsistent they've been. Zach Wilson took some big hits last week. And to his credit, I mean, he's a tough kid. I mean, you say what you want about his performance. He does take hits, and he bounces right back up. And, uh, you know, he's a 24-year-old kid who can bounce right back up. I mean, can that happen for a 40-year-old guy? And let's be honest, Rodgers wasn't moving that great when we saw him in the preseason, and even against Buffalo on opening night, you know, on those few plays he played. He wasn't moving like the old Rodgers. So, I, yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, I think they'll discuss it this week. I still think it's unlikely that he'll play. But the Jets, the, the prudent decision is to just say, thanks, Aaron. We we love you. You've done an incredible comeback, but we're going to start over next year.
0: Uh, thank you. That's uh, Rich. That, thanks, Rich Domenia, for your insight.
7: You're welcome, guys. Have a good one.
0: All right. Well, that's the Rich Domenia Report brought to you by the engagement experts at London London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations. Including Short Hills or shop online at LondonJewelers.com. Now we're going to throw it over to Anita, who spoke with the uh, Dolphins reporter for ESPN, Marcel Louis Jacques.
4: Amani, thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Uh, I had an opportunity to catch up with Marcel Louis Jacques earlier this week to talk about the Miami Dolphins as they get ready to take on the Jets. And of course, my first question to him was, all these injuries. What can we expect from the Miami Dolphins this week?
6: These kind of injuries? I mean, just going down this list of questionable players includes Tyree Kill, Devon H, Teron Armstead, Liam Eichenberg, Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, Austin Jackson, Andrew Van Gick. Like, these aren't just players or depth pieces. These are quality starters for the Miami Dolphins, guys who play significant stabs and make significant contributions to each game that they play. This is a tough one. I mean, you know, we're not assuming that all those guys, all, what was that, like 10 names I just named? We're not assuming that all of them aren't going to play. You know, sometimes questionable is, is you know, kind of a formality. but they're banged up without a doubt. Their depth has been tested over the past couple of weeks, and especially on Monday night, you saw it all come to a head, specifically on their offensive line. I know the headlines go toward Tyreek Hill, missing time, and him being questionable, is he going to play, is he not going to play? But that offensive line is the problem because if they can't protect Tua Bailoa, it does not matter who's playing wide receiver if he can't get the
4: ball out. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of uh, debate whether or not Tyreek Kill deserves uh, MVP. Boy, you, you saw this Miami Dolphins team struggle when he went out with an ankle injury. So, uh, you know, gives a lot of credit to that argument, does it not?
6: (laughs) Yeah, I actually I wrote that uh, Monday night that it was a it was a tough day for any crowd that believed Tua was more of a MVP candidate than Tyree Kill. And I think the problem is, you know, when you when you're arguing one over the other, like people tend to take it as disrespect, right? Like, don't disrespect Tua, like give him credit where it's due. I'm absolutely giving Tua credit where it's due. He's getting the ball out faster than any quarterback in the NFL. He's accurate. He's seeing these windows open with anticipation. Like, he's been, for the most part, you know, he's struggled with his his, uh, ball security over the past month or so. But, you know, for the most part, he doesn't put it in harm's way. Like, he is playing a good – he's having a good year. He's having a Pro Bowl caliber year, right? Tyreek Hill is having a historic year that warrants mvp right there because this offense it's unfortunately about two things neither of which are Tua Tungo Loa. it's about Tyreek Hill and the threat of Tyreek Hill when he is on the field whether he gets the ball or not all 11 people on the defensive side of the ball have to be aware of where he is because if you lose him for a second he's gone
4: he's he's really unbelievable and by the way i love what he when he got his when he hurt his ankle he texted his, what his wife or his fiance and said, Oh man, this really hurts. She said, just you know, wrap it up, get back out there. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I I love that story that he shared. So, so what's your gut telling you? You know, I mean, do you do you think this Jets defense is gonna see Tyreek Hill uh, on Sunday?
6: I, I think they do. I think he does play. Uh, obviously he didn't practice during the week that's you would have liked to, you know, if you're a Dolphins fan you you would like to have seen him get at least a limited session in today. Uh, but three straight DMPs is usually a, you know, it's usually not a formula for success, but this is one of the most durable athletes the NFL has to offer. He has not missed a game since he's been in Miami. Uh, you know, I, I'm at the point where until I see the inactive list come out and Tyree Hill is on it, I am going to believe that Tyree Hill is going to play, so uh, you know you, you know shoot up with whatever uh, what 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 is it called? it up whatever numbing medication you need for that ankle, fired it away because this is a it's a critical spot for the Dolphins, and maybe they can beat the Jets without Tyree Hill. I'm sure they could beat the Jets without Tyree Hill. Their chances are a lot better if Hill is playing, though. Let's not get it twisted.
4: Um, uh, Marcel, let, let's talk about the offensive line. I, you know. Based again, the injuries that this team is is looking at right now. This very well could be a preseason game. Offensive line going up against, as we know, a very good Jets defense. Uh, how concerning is that?
6: It's it is for sure a concern. Uh, you know, you you, you saw what uh, you saw what the Tennessee Titans were able to do to to uh, pressured him on forty percent of his drop back, sacked him five times. Uh, you know there there were times where he he looked a little disheveled and that's not usually, that's not to his MO this season. He's been totally in control. He's been, you know, pretty uh, deliberate in his movement, deliberate in his decision-making and they took that away from him. They took that level of comfort away from him uh, Monday night. And you know what this league is, it's copycat league. So if it, if your next opponent sees what your last opponent was able to do, you better believe that they're going to try to do something pretty similar, not to mention with those corners with sauce and DJ Reed on the outside, like it it makes it really hard. You know, it makes those windows incredibly small and, you know, Tua had Tua struggled with his ball security the last time he faced the jets and Miami's defense bailed him out a couple of times. It's, it's going to be kind of tough to do that this time around. So, uh, you know, if, if that offensive line is not healthy, you know, all bets are off. You got you have to rely on that run game if you're Miami, but no Devon HN means a heavy workload for Regan Mostert. He can handle it, sure, but I think you'd rather have HN on the field as well.
4: Uh, so, Marcel, I, listen, every game moving forward, I feel is is going to be really, really important for this Dolphins team because the Buffalo Bills, it seems like they have turned the corner. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They're going up against the uh, Dallas Cowboys this week, and I do believe they win uh, up there in Orchard Park, Jets, Cowboys at the Ravens, home against the Bills—three home games, but some tough opponents. How confident is this team in regard to Mike McDaniels and 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 how he's uh, he's uh, he's really rallying these troops right now to bring it home and win this division this 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 season?
6: Well, let me say for right off the bat, I need a, if Buffalo beats Dallas this weekend, I'm going to go ahead and give them the division. I'm going to go ahead and give them the vision. That is the game because this is the week that Miami has to make up that game that they dropped this past week. They have to. You have to beat the Jets, and you're relying on the Cowboys to take care of business against, like you said, a very resurgent Buffalo Bills team. Then if that happens, the magic number is just one. One more win for Miami, one more loss for Buffalo, and the Miami Dolphins are division champs for the first time since 2008. So if Buffalo is able to take care of business against Dallas this weekend, oh man, buckle up because this is about to be one hell of a finish to the regular season, but the Dolphins themselves, they're, they're confident. They're confident. Um, One of Mike Daniels really, really core philosophies with his team is to, you know, is that adversity is opportunity. It's one of the first things you see when you walk into the Dolphins locker room in their facility up in Miami gardens, they love opportunities to respond in adverse situations and this is a pretty adverse situation if you go back to back december you know blowing a division lead blowing a, a shot at even the number one seed in the conference um, you know some people are going to start to whisper some people are going to be upset and you're going to have to question whether or not this is a team capable of finishing and you know that's just that's a, a nuanced i think a reasonable reaction if they blow this division race, if they blow, I don't care about the number one seed. You know, that's and the one seed is the one seed. If you blow two straight AFC East leads going into December. Yeah, people will have to rightfully question whether or not you're capable of finishing.
4: All right. I want to thank, of course, Marcel, Louis, Jacques, as well as Rich Samini. Quick break. We come back. We'll kick off our number three of New York game day. Locks of the week went two and one last week. Can I do three and oh this week? Hopefully so. We'll be right back. New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN.